Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Yeah. God, still boring. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. Did I say scarring? I meant shitty. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Jen, I'm in a rage over this episode. Why? Like, are you seriously going to read about every bad episode? Like, season uh, eight just is trash. Get, they're just getting real bad. Season Give eight is me. literally trash. Give me the storylines of season three, season four, when the Ingalls family were like a hard scrapple family trying to make their way in life. Oh, you mean when Laura Ingalls Wilder was still writing the scripts, basically? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know no, what has happened no here. Landon is. People are right. People in the eighties are writing the scripts. That's what's happening, guys. Jenny, I am gonna rage because there's so much that they could be doing. I mean, this is just—they're phoning it in, Aim. They're a hundred percent phoning it in. They're phoning it in. I mean, it is no wonder when our generation grew up and saw things like The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, Breaking yeah, we Bad, like, we were Whoa. like, Jesus Christ, television could be like this. <laughs> wow um yeah, through the 80s i feel like television got turned into garbage for the most part i mean you had a handful of standouts but it was garbage now you it had was... things like the golden girls which was great the golden girls was great you had things like my so-called life that we're covering on well that, that was, was the late, 90s though. that was 99 yeah but we're covering that on the 80s patreon if you're interested in hearing that but like you had Love Boat and shit at this time. <sighs> Love like Boat garbage. Was so terrible. Yeah. Think about all the sitcoms in the 80s. Not great. I mean. Not great. We look back on them. I actually saw this article. I don't know where it is. If I find it, I'll put it in the Mimi Bees. But it was about our current obsession with nostalgia. I feel like that's not a current obsession, but okay. It's big right now. and I feel people... like it always has been. But people are surmising that it's because of the state of the world. Well, yeah, when shit gets bad. I mean, but I feel like that happened in the 80s. Like, everyone was all nostalgic for the 50s. Maybe. Maybe. Jenny, I have some patrons I have to shout out today, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So guys, if you uh, have not checked out our Patreon premium feed, please do so. It's five bucks a month. You get access to a bunch of stuff we're doing. I think we're going to continue doing My So-Called Life, right? I think so too. I love that. And I really it's think so we should, good. I really think we should do some more Rock of Love, which is brilliant. Oh, the okay. disparity between... Am I using that word right? Between My So-Called Life and Rock of Love. The, I mean, the quality difference. They're miles apart. So today we're welcoming new patrons, Teresa, Christina O, Megan S, Jules, Barbara Y, and Zeta M. I hope I'm saying your name right. It's Z-A-I-D-A, Zeta. So welcome, guys. Thanks so much for your support. Um, every little bit helps and uh, allows us to do a little bit more. We are five patrons away from Amy's Variety Hour. I mean, I feel like we've been five patrons away from Amy's <laughs> Variety Hour for like six months. I think I'm safe. Anyway, Christina O, oh, isn't, that, isn't that a famous actress? Isn't that the actress from Grey's Anatomy? No, that's Sandra O. Oh. oh, Sandra O. Oh. Okay, why yeah. do I think it was Christina O? Oh? I don't, I don't like know her. any. I don't like Sandro. Oh, I like Sandro. No, everybody else does too. And they're like, you need to watch that show. What's that show? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. It's good. Yeah, like Poisoning that, that Mrs. Maisel. One. Am I getting yeah. a couple shows mis- no, she, mixed no, up she's here? No, Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> no, um, I know what you're talking about. It's a good show. Following little The new one Debbie. that she's on. What is that? The newer show that she's on. Yeah, I feel like we need to look it up. People are screaming right now. Little Debbie Cakes. It's not Little Debbie Cakes. Is it Escaping Sarah Silverman? <laughs> Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Okay. I knew it was Verb Woman. <laughs> little Debbie Cakes. Now starring in Little Debbie Cakes. <laughs> Amy, I think you have to, for Amy's Friday Hour now, you have to write Little Debbie Cakes. <laughs> it's all right. I think I'm safe. Because so, we keep losing patrons. <laughs> we have to do a reading of Little Debbie Cakes. <laughs> everyone's telling me watch Killing Eve and I can't do it because I don't like her oh I like her I like eh. her a lot and I don't like the other girl either so it's like why watch okay yeah. what is it Jewel is the other girl Jewel <laughs> do not come for Jewel <laughs> I feel like I'm getting support for hating Jewel I see some comments supporting my hatred of Jewel no you'll never get support for that I love her I love Alaska the last frontier when you get to learn about her family who gives a shit Oh. Jenny, how excited were you when I picked you up at the bus stop yesterday and I had Lafayette Beetle with me? I can't believe you had that dumbass dog in the car with you. <laughs> and then I almost opened the door and to put my bag in. He would have just blazed out, probably. <laughs> no, he would have come back. He he knows he has no. it pretty good here. All right, so I know we're trying to avoid it, but we have to talk today about Season 8, Episode 10. Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Episode 10, Wave of the Future. Jen. Mrs. Olson decides that reopening Nellie's Restaurant and Hotel as a franchised restaurant with big re- will result in big profits for the fledgling business. I don't, I don't get that it was fledgling, but fledged. I can't say that word. Fledgling, and I don't get fledgling that it was Mrs. Olson's before. idea. I don't get that either. I feel like some dude just stopped by and duped her. <laughs> it's not everybody who could get one over on Mrs. Olson. No, she's pretty. She's pretty savvy. Yeah. Jenny, we open on Mrs. Sullivan's kitchen and two men are setting up a photo shoot with her and they grab some old woman off the street who's either drunk or in the twilight of her life or early dementia. I don't know what's happening. 
She's definitely drunk. Um, they bribe her to smile. It's weird. It's dumb. It's only the beginning of this episode. They're in some city. Did did you get the talk of the rum baba? Yes. So rum baba is a delicious bundt cake from France, mm. soaked in rum. Mm. It's delicious. That sounds really good. I bet you we can make that. You can. Okay. Cut to. Oh, I forgot to mention. This is written by Jerry Taylor. Uh, directed by Maury Dexter. Who the hell's Jerry Taylor? I have no idea. I wonder if thought you might. I know. wonder if he or she finally got their MFA. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Walnut Grove, and Carolyn's restaurant is hopping again. To your point, it's not fledgling. It's packed. It's packed. People are yelling left and right at Hester Sue. She's overwhelmed. Just then, Harriet comes in with. Now I called this guy Major Guffy. I call him Major Guppy sometimes. Guthrie. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna get his name right. Some major dude, and he demand they they demand a special meal. Do you remember that show, Major Dad, with Gene? Nope. No. What was his name? I also coach. I also had this memory. No, 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 not coach. That was Craig T. Nelson. I also had this memory the other day of Bob Uecker having a show. I don't know who that is. He's the dude that was a famous baseball announcer. And he had a show. What was that? I like how you say that like that's going to help me. What was that sitcom? He had a whole show and they don't list it in his acting roles. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good sign. Oh, he was on Mr. Belvedere. He was the father. Uh, I barely remember that. Other piece of trash TV. Speaking of trash TV. All right. So anyway, I don't know how I got there. I just am trying to avoid talking about this. So this dude comes in. They're demanding special food, special meals, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's going on. They're not demanding special food. No, they're not. They're just ordering off the menu. Yeah, but they're they're demanding like special treatment. Like Hester Sue, over here, wait on us. We're important. I want tea instead of coffee. Where's my pie? Yeah. So And then someone wants bread and white fish. Breaded white fish or bread and white fish? Bread and white fish. Okay. So I don't know if they're talking about like the white fish that I get, which is like the deli spread. Oh, that is so good. Yes, you brought me somewhere and we had a white fish dip. So good. So good. It was really good. And I don't like fish. It's delicious. It's delicious. So ma- later, Major Guffy sits down alone with Nels and Harriet and he says, A restaurant is a battlefield <laughs> and your employees are losing. And I was a cook in the army for 30 years and I have so much experience feeding the troops. And efficiency is key. Less work, more money. He says, eliminating waste, cutting profits, or I mean, cutting costs, making profits. That's the wave of the future. And then he whips out a contract and Harriet's like all eager to sign. And Nels is like, whoa, pump the brakes. And then the dude's like, you know what? You don't need to sign right now. Think it over. I'll be back in two or three days. Blah, blah, blah. Jenny, cut to... I think Hester, Sue, and Carolyn should just go down the street and open a restaurant. Okay, I I have so many thoughts. First of all, did they or did they not cut Carolyn in as a partner on this? They did. Why does she have no say then? Nels has no say. Yeah, they gave Car- Carolyn uh, a percentage uh, of that restaurant. Her- well, there must be no board of directors and Harriet must be 
main owner. Harry must have the majority of the shares. Harriet's pulling. If you listen to our Woodstock '99 episode, guys, Harriet's pulling a John share. She's overriding everyone as CEO yep. and saying, yep. "I'm doing this." Yep. So at the at the Olsons, Nancy is practicing piano. We don't need this. We don't need Why it. Why do we keep having this? It's so irritating. It's so irritating. Does Michael Landon like pay her to play the piano or something? Or I don't know. Nels is reading the contract and he's like, this does not look good. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should. Like, Nels, trust your gut, Nels. Yep. And Harriet's like, he gets up and leaves. He's just like, I'm done with this bullshit. And she's like, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going insane. That's where I'm going. <laughs> that was pretty good. So... A few days pass and we see them remodeling the restaurant because, of course, Harriet strong-armed her way through this. Right. Well, she just signed the contract. Jenny, did you catch that town town gossip Mrs. Foster was all over this? I know. (laughs) (laughs) So Major has now put a bunch more tables in there. It has gone from 10 tables, maybe, to 20 in this one room. So they've made a New York City restaurant. Pretty much. Where you're four inches away from a stranger. Pre-COVID. Like literally, uh, that's kind of bad. Oh, okay. Like there's a table, like your neighbor's table will be literally like three or four inches away. It's like you're sitting at the same table. Wasn't there an episode of, was it Seinfeld where they were sitting real close to people and they kept, no, Sex and the City maybe? I forget. I I think that's a common trope though, like a New York City restaurant sitcom because yeah, it's like you're sitting at a table right, with that you start talking or... to those people and you just well no you don't no but but you just on the sitcoms you, that's what they do you can't un hear you can't not hear their conversation though mm-hmm. i like to find that time to talk about like stds my sex life stuff like that so all right jen guess who's delivering some furniture here oh, comes right. he Manly. Delivered, he delivered the uncomfortable stools. <laughs> hey, everyone, I made a stool. <laughs> so he comes in. Like, why? Is it in his contract that we have to look at his fucking face every episode? Because okay. yeah, it serves maybe. no purpose that he shows up. Okay, he shows up. He shows up. He's got some stools. And Major says, chairs with no backs, less comfort, moving people in and out. That's what we're looking for. That was a whole thing. Yeah. McDonald's was purposefully uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. So they're getting a bunch of decor and it's all green. It's gross. And Nels is like, wait, we have to pay for this? And I just wrote, Nels is learning franchise costs. I have an index card. Oh. So I looked up. So this is all false. I just want to say that for the record. I could not find any place called Mrs. Sullivan's Restaurant. There's Mrs. Sullivan's Pies, which is like a national pie thing. Jenny, would you but say that start... would you say this is erroneous on all counts? Erroneous on all okay. counts. That didn't start till 1939. The first American franchise was actually in 1851. It was the Singer Sewing Machine Company. So they franchised their store. So it was retail franchise. Okay. Um, the oldest American chain restaurants. Didn't start till like 1919. There's some dispute online as to whether A&W is the first. And I think that just has to do with how, like if, I don't think it quite met the bar for official franchise. So a lot right. of people, a lot of sources said that White Castle is the first, which was 1921. Okay. 
So it was either A&W or White Castle. Okay. The next, then we had 20 years where there wasn't too much action on the restaurant franchising front. Hmm. And in 1940, Dairy Queen started. Oh, Dairy Queen. Then the late 40s and 50s came. And that's basically when all of the ones we know today sprung up. Yeah. Be- 48, in 1948 alone, we got McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, and In-N-Out Burger. Do you have a theory as to why that happened at that point? Just the Industrial I mean, Revolution? Like, just machinery well, advancing? Forget, like, things like drive-ins became very popular. Oh, the car. The car, right? Mm-hmm. And like another thing that popped up during that time was um, Sonic in 1953, mm-hmm. which was designed around the car, right? Mm-hmm. They used to roller skate out the car. Um, KFC, which they seem to be implying that Colonel Sanders is trying to get this thing started. In the 80s. With them at the, at the end. Oh, in the 1880s. In the 1880s, yes. Uh, 1952 KFC starts. Okay. But Colonel Sanders was around long before that. Long before? When was Colonel Sanders alive? Oh, God. Am I doing a pause in the middle of your index card? Yes. Pause. Oh, this is weird. He died in 1980. But when was he born? 1890. So was that really him? Oh. It mustn't have been. Could could have could have what do you mean was it really him? That showed up in the episode. I thought it was his cameo. No, when did he die? 1980. Yeah, so he's dead. Okay. But and also <laughs> he wasn't alive at this time. It it was close though. He died in 1980. This probably aired in 83, 82. No, I mean they're portraying oh like no, the no, no, late no. 1880s. He, yeah. he was, and he would have been an infant. He was born in, in 1890. Like 1890. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like this is completely false. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. KFC wasn't a thing till 1952. So what do you think is going through Michael Landon's head here? They have no, no disregard for history. No regard. They have no regard for history. <laughs> Um, they have no regard for historical timelines. Yeah, but like, why does he have a hard on for Colonel Sanders? I don't know. It's so random. Did he get some kind of like? Did he get? Did he get like comped by KFC oh, or something? Maybe they got free fried chicken. Which there's not <laughs> much I wouldn't do for fried free chicken. Free fried chicken. Fried free. Free fried chicken. All right. So continuing with my list. Okay. 1953, we get Denny's and Sonic. 1955, The Waffle House. 1958, IHOP. 1958 Pizza Hut, 1960s Domino's, and 1965 TGIF. Wow, 1965 TGIF Fridays? I mean, that's such a 60s kind of feel thing if you think about it. Um, Timmy and I argue quite a bit over Pizza Hut. I claim... Oh, there's a lot. I know a lot of people with very passionate opinions about Pizza Hut. I remember Pizza Hut being amazing as kids. What like when we were children? Yes, it's gross now. It's it always was gross. We just didn't know better because yeah, it was a different kind of pizza, right? Because that's like Chicago deep dish, and we grew up in an Guys, area where there wasn't that pizza. We grew up in we grew up near Old Forge, Pennsylvania, which is the pizza capital of the world. You have to admit, Jenny, we grew up. I feel with like some... Naples is the pizza capital of the world, but okay, we grew up with some amazing pizza. 
Yes, we did. We really did. We were spoiled. Yes, I, I know 100%. people who live in various places in the United States and come back for the pizza when they come home. I mean, pizza capital of the world's a bit strong. That's what they call but... themselves. They dub themselves that. Well, that's what everybody calls themselves. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, so having that deep dish pizza was so amazing. Because it was just different. And it was for us. 9,000 degrees. Yeah. Lava. It was like lava. But that is, I'll have to ask Johanna because that is Chicago style pizza. Right. So I wonder if like Pizza Hut was a big deal there or if they were just like, this is a gross interpretation of our pizza. I don't know. Because then they had Pizza Uno. Uno Chicago Grill was a franchise for a while. That was much later. And um, they closed. But every once in a while, I would like one because of that two inch thick layer cheese on top. Yum. (laughs) Deep dish is good pizza. Yes, it is. All right, Jenny. So are you done? I guess. Okay. So they're also getting a new sign, Mrs. Sullivan's. And Harriet thinks maybe they should consult with Carolyn. You think? You think? So this fast, (laughs) I wrote, this fast talking salesman could talk Harriet into anything. He, oh, I he know. could be like, I have to take you in the back and throw you a bang. And she would be like, okay. Like, it's <laughs> wild. <laughs> now it's the grand opening and there's a huge crowd. Harry, Carolyn, and Hester Sue all have uniforms on. And they don't have menus because they only have three meals. Pan fried steak, roasted chicken, which sounds delicious, and beef and stew. Beef stew. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
in the kitchen. Carolyn's like, actually, this is much simpler. For Carolyn, this was easier. Yeah, but we the did. The cooking part of this is easier. But we did see her start sweating. They yeah. were zooming in well, on I mean, that sweaty brow. But it's, I mean, it's easier than cooking 18 things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I have to say, like, this was probably all fine at the time because even though you reduced it down to three menu items, it's all still whole cooked foods, like homemade yes, cooked food. Yes, true. It's not like fabricated beef patty. True. Yes, that you keep in a drawer. Right. So Nels comes in and Harriet makes him throw on an apron and help because we see it's getting wild and we get a, quote, feeding the troops montage. Well, because they doubled the size of their demands. Yes. And they didn't change their staff. At the end of the night, they're exhausted and they made $24.40, the most they've ever made. But they didn't really like show, okay, now you have to give a third of that to Major Guppy or whatever. So they made three thousand, the equivalent of about $3,000. Which is great, but they have to pay a part of that to the franchise. So from the amount of money that he collects from her at the end yeah. of the week, right? it's about half. Wow. Okay. <laughs> all right so nell said well i mean give it i'm i'm assuming that they make about three thousand right. dollars a day nell said we worked harder tonight than we ever worked and that's like all four of us this is not making sense and harriet's like it'll be fine trust me no nells do not trust her nope at the little house paul whips out a foot massage yeah. That was hot. Oh, God, still boring. And he also cooked dinner, Jenny. And Carolyn breaks it to Charles that, guess what? They're working on the Lord's Day. No, oh, I thought he was going to have a fit. Now, wait a minute. She threw a fit when he was farming on the Lord's Day. I mean, that was your Never forget. Time. Never forget. Carolyn says, this is part of their new policy. They're open seven days a week. And Charles is like, this is ridiculous. And he says something like, no body is designed to work seven days a week. He's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So now Harriet's meeting with Major Guffy again. Again, I call him Guppy, Guffy, Guthrie, whatever. <laughs> Harriet's like, we made a ton of money. And Major Guffy's like, okay, phase two. Now we're open all day, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so he's also making them advertise in local papers and they have to pay that. Nels? Oh, if he, co- okay, wait, 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 wait. If he collected the money after they were open all day. Okay, it's probably about a third. Yeah. So Nels flips out. He wants to quit. He's like, we're not doing this. And Major whips out that contract. He's like, uh, you have to, dude. Because if you disobey this contract, I'm suing you for everything you've got. Suing the pants off mm-hmm. of you. With Mog on, there's a small rebellion happening at the little house. <laughs> and How do they still have five kids? I don't know. And I'll get into it. Jason Bateman apparently has been doing all the cooking. <laughs> He's like eight. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Pa has had enough. He is done with this. He's done. He's like, look, I've been cooking breakfast. I've been cooking lunch. Jenny, does Charles work? I guess not. I guess not. He's retired. He used to work at the mill. <laughs> I guess not. For, from the man whose ego was so bruised when Carolyn got a job, now he's like, stay at home, dad. Done. Well, that's what I mean. Like, none of these characters are written consistently. No, nothing is written consistently. So, Pa decides he's going to make a deal with the kids. He's like, I'll do the evening meal, but if anyone complains or doesn't finish everything on their plate, you're cooking the next night. Okay. So, he makes something terrible. 
And he makes bean and cheese casserole with mushrooms, <sighs> which sounds delicious. And breaded tomatoes, which I really the like breaded bread tomatoes. Breaded tomatoes sounds good. Jason Bateman's like, oh, this is delicious. Yum, yum, yum. And he's shoving it in his mouth. But then later, we see him outside throwing it away. It's been in his pocket. Ugh. Gross. And Albert so gross. comes out and he has it in his pockets too. And I just wrote, it's the middle of the night. Are they sleeping in their clothes? What does this smell like? And number two, who's washing these clothes? Yeah, gross. Like if I was Carolyn, I would lose my goddamn mind that I had to wash yeah. food out of the pockets of my kids' clothes. Hell yeah. So the next day it's time to open and Nels is like, nope, not doing it. Not doing it. Harry Nels quits the restaurant. Harriet's running around and Carolyn's like, I'm quitting. I'm quitting now. I'm done. Well, I mean, when you double the size of your floor, you need to add staff. Yeah, you would think. So Harriet begs her to stay. And she's like, I'll give you a percentage of the take. Um, Doesn't she already own a steak in this restaurant? I, th- I mean, she was supposed to. I don't know what happened there. Oh, God. At the Little House, Charles is making another terrible dinner. And poor Jason Bateman is just shoveling this shit down. And I wrote, <laughs> how is Paul making three meals a day? Does he work? Does he farm? Apparently, he's not even farming. No. I mean, the only farm. good thing about this is that we got to look at Charles and that we didn't have to to hear Carrie's voice. That's true. Okay. The next day, Major Guppy's now talking to <laughs> Major Guppy. He's talking to Harriet about phase three, Jen. Now we're getting into the MLM of this. The pyramids. Yeah. Now you have to go and convince two franchisees out of town to start their own franchises. And you have to manage right. them. So right. you need to get some people in your downline. That's what he's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe this is maybe this is the first MLM. Maybe I looked up the wrong thing. <laughs> Harriet's ready to die, and Guffy whips out the contract. And I just wrote, did they not read this? Like, how is he like? Did they not see the big print? Like phase two, phase three. How did they not see this? No one read this contract. Apparently, <sighs> at home, Charles is done. Or, or it just said in the contract that like you have to do whatever the whatever the parent company says. And, like, maybe this stuff wasn't explicitly in there. Maybe. All right. At home, Charles is done with the bullshit. He's done with the cooking and shit. And he's like, you know what? Let's everyone, let's go make more work for your mother and go eat at her restaurant. Yeah. Yep. So now we see the Olsons. And Nels, Nancy, and Willie are not happy either because Nels has to cook all the meals. Nels seems to be a good cook, though. I think Nels does all the cooking anyway. But the problem is now he's running the store. He's running the store, Which Harriet usually does that. So there's a knock on the door, and it's Charles. And he's like, let's team up. Well, can we discuss? This is something I learned during the pandemic. And is how difficult it is to cook three meals a day for yourself. First of all, I reduced my intake to two meals a day. Because I'm not cooking three for one person for me. So even cooking two meals a day, though. It's a lot of work to feed yourself. I really don't think I would have to do it. I can't imagine like feeding yourself, feeding children. Um, like that you was my cook, life. But don't forget, but don't forget how they have to cook at this time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just have whole foods That's that you true. have to like. Pr- That's like, the game. Changer. You don't have a box of of potato flakes. Yes. You don't have a box of pasta. Like you have to cook. Yeah. At this time, because like so, I mean, I was doing Marley and Spoon. 
I was doing Blue Apron. I had all the shit like prepared for me and it was still like still took hours out of my day just to do all this stuff. When it's just me, I'm happy with like a yogurt in the morning, some cereal mm-hmm. at lunch. But you're right. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have that stuff. Right. Right. But like, I, like you had to cook yeah. things. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, like you had to, not only do you have to cook things, but you had to like go kill the chicken. Oh, did I tell you I want to get chickens? Oh, we're gonna get okay. we're gonna get three chickens. Timmy's gonna build a chicken coop. Okay, I can name what, them. So you'll get eggs from them. I can name them Blanche, Dorothy, and Rose. <laughs> what about Sophia? Why don't you just get four? I don't know if I can handle four. That's a lot of eggs every day. I want What's it. the difference between three and four? I was thinking of getting two, but Timmy thinks don't they just lay three. one egg a day? Right, that's four eggs a day. What am I gonna do with that? You you probably eat at least two. I could eat two. I don't know. What about the rest of your family? I don't know. We need to take this conversation off the air. <laughs> yeah, this is really boring. Hey guys, riveting. Why don't you weigh in? Why don't the Mimi Bees weigh in on how many chickens Amy should have? Guys, come at me in the Mimi Bees if you have chickens and if I'm making a huge mistake. You're making a huge mistake. I could tell you that right now. Okay, but at least you're in the country, not in Brooklyn. Sure. So Charles and Nels are teaming up now. The next morning, Charles, who I love, but I disagree with real bad here. (laughs) Real bad. He has the fucking balls to drop these kids off on Carolyn at her restaurant while he goes, quote, to work. What? Quote, not working. First of all, Albert can't watch these kids. First of all. Are there just a thousand tables and chairs hanging around in Walnut Grove? Oh, I, have, I have much to say about that. <laughs> so now loyal customers, Mr. and Mrs. Matlock, come in to Carolyn's restaurant. And they're super pissed that there's no lemon meringue pie. Because they only make Mrs. Callahan. What's her name? Callahan? What's what's her name? Sullivan. Mrs. Sullivan's chocolate cake. That's all they make. Which is clearly like go? a little Debbie brownie. But this is, which which Amy just made me eat for breakfast. I know that's what that was. That was not that. That was from Henry's on Clay. Was it yes. really? No, it wasn't. It was. That tasted like a little Debbie yeah, Brownie. it wasn't great. They, they have no, it wasn't great. amazing cakes, muffins, cupcakes, brownie game, not on point. That tasted like a little Debbie Brownie. And this is what I had to eat for breakfast because Amy didn't make me anything for breakfast. Well, I think they did that on pur- purpose. I think it's like their take on the Cosmic Brownie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what were you going to say? Um, What was I going to say? They come in, they want the pie. Oh, like, you know how this is, though. Because as somebody who has other people feed me quite often, you have a thing at a place. I know. So if that thing suddenly vanishes devastating i know devastating i had a sandwich at one of our local bars that i wanted them to name the amy archer because i was the only one who ordered it (laughs) half the time and when they moved locations they got rid of it i was really upset really upset so these people are like fuck this we're gonna try that new restaurant across the street guess what jen Charles and Nels opened a restaurant across the street in in, Harriet's living room. in the living room. And Charles is playing the fiddle and there's suddenly a ton of tables and shit in the Olsen's house. Like, where did this come from? There's a bunch of tables hanging around. Oh, oh they can, they can... wait a minute. I think they're the tables from Carolyn's. Oh, yeah, they probably are. They look like it. Yes. yes. That makes sense. All right. Okay. That actually makes sense. I'm shocked. Oh, my God. Okay. 
So Harriet goes running over and she flips out on Nels. Like, what are you doing? He's like, hey, I'm doing all the cooking anyway. Well, on paper, it looks bad. But also you would think that she'd just be like, okay, now we're just double dipping. We're making twice the money. Yeah. At home, Carolyn that night says to Charles, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this to me, dude? (laughs) And Charles is like, I have a plan. And somehow he has a version of the contract. He's like, yes, there's a copy of the contract. Like, no one is running to Kinko's and making a copy of this. I don't know how he has it. Is there like a bunch of monks somewhere, like, copying these things? (laughs) So there's a clause in there that he's trying to exercise, but we don't really know what it is. So at the Olsons, Harriet is pissed and they're in bed. And (laughs) Nels is like, let me explain. She's not hearing it. She's not not hearing it. Next day, Harriet is peddling two dinners for the price of one. But guess what, Jen? Charles and Nels are offering three dinners for the price of one. Yeah, because they don't even care if they make a profit at this point. So it's a sad sight at Harriet's. She's crying. No one's there. Major Guffy comes. All of Carolyn's kids are there, of course. Yeah. Major Guffy shows up and he's like, this is really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Then he says, did you establish any franchises? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to save this one, dickbag. He says, I know it was a mistake to let a woman run things. Oh, God. Harriet's like, but Mrs. Sullivan is a woman. He's like, nope. There's men running this bullshit. Drunk spokesman person. Then he reads the paragraph that Charles was alluding to. We can take back the franchise at any time. And he rips up the contract and Harriet runs crying to Nels, and it turns out he knew about this the whole time. This was their plan. Blah, blah, blah. Now, yep. random scene at the end. Colonel Sanders shows up. Colonel fucking Sanders. Not the real dude, apparently. No. And he's driving in, and he's wondering if he could interest Harriet and Nels in a business proposition. He's opening a restaurant that serves only fried chicken. Harriet starts and they laugh at him. Yeah, Harriet starts laughing. She's like, No, dude, you're ridiculous. What are you talking about? Never gonna work. And then he drives off and they just laugh, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Amy made me watch this because Colonel Sanders was in it, which I don't even know why that's appealing. No, me either. I thought it would But that's why you made us watch it. I thought it would be ridiculous in a good way. It's not in an enraging way. We are in the renaissance, the high renaissance of season eight. And it's garbage. It's not going to get better, Aim. It's not going to get better. Guys, <laughs> we love Little House. But what is this? This is not Little House anymore. Like, what is this? They really should have hung this it up. They should have hung it up after, like, season five. Whatever season Manly... Season five was the last... Whatever season Manly comes in, shut it off before then. <laughs> I feel like season five was the last good season. Maybe. Six was like, there was episodes of six that were good. Yeah. Seven was garbage. Eight is garbage. Three was the best ever. Bully Boys, Fred. That was peak. Epic. Epic. Yes. Jenny, what message is Michael Landon trying to send us here? uh, um, Read your contracts. I don't know. I think he's trying to say the wave of the future is not good. Oh, he's trying to stop, like, say, stop like, progress. don't make progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Harriet's fault for not reading that contract. 
Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Read a contract. But don't forget she's coming from a time when people didn't rip each other off. She just got involved in that land scheme where they put a guy in the ice house and Adam had to (laughs) defend him. True. Like, we just see this starting to happen. I mean, where like people are starting to rip Walnut people Grove off. Grove is just being fleeced left and right. I don't know. I feel like I feel like from the the day the pilgrims landed, like Americans were ripping each other off. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> and other people, right? <laughs> like, it just started right from the beginning. Jenny, um, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from the rewatch. I don't remember this episode from the original. Either. No, I don't either. We called our whites designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this piece of trash? I mean, I think this is why we thought it was okay to sacrifice work-life balance for money. Because it seems like every time, like when Carolyn tries to push back on like, I don't see my kids. They're just like, here's more money. And she's like, okay. Like that, that was okay as long as you were getting compensated for it. Okay. And we saw that message all over the place. Yeah, we did. We did. Like that, that was expected. (laughs) We did. I have, this is why Woodstock 99 happened. (laughs) Because because there was just this infiltration in our lives of corporations. Now, I know the 50s was the heyday of product placement, sponsorship. I get that. It wasn't the heyday of corporations, though. They built up long before that. Right. But I I get that, like, this is not unusual. If you watch... 50s was advertising, when, like, the advertising industry blew up. Yes. Yeah. But this is, like, I don't know. I think Michael Landon was really trying to show us, like, the dark side of this. And I think as Gen Xers, we just grew so angry with this shit. Like, we were not going to put up with it. The boomers... They sat there and they watched those sponsored shows. They didn't care. Well, they had no choice. But we... Right, that's all they had to watch. Right. We had choices and we didn't like this shit. And this made us angry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it didn't take much. And then, you know, put us in Woodstock 99 where everything is sponsored. And it's like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? All right. The next episode, we're skipping a few because season eight has been really rough on us, guys. (laughs) Season 8, episode 13, Stone Soup. And expecting Laura. She still hasn't had this kid? Still hasn't had the baby. Like two years have passed. (laughs) And expecting Laura has a tough time caring for the Wilder Farm when when Almanzo and Charles are away on a trip to Arizona. Laura has a heart-to-heart talk with Willie about responsibility of being a role model. Okay. Okay. I remember this one, I think. Okay. So this is the one where her field dries up, right? Yes. And Willie helps this. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember this um, one very well. Very well. I forgot to make so I have a I have a recommendation. Oh, okay. I have a a show recommendation. Oh, okay. Um The Sandman. Yes. First of all, love the Sandman, loved the graphic novel, love Neil Gaiman. And I was very concerned because that's it's such it's the type of material it is it's brilliant, but it could like it could have the potential of being really hokey. I think in a show, yeah, just because it's like high fantasy, yeah, right. But they did it really, really well. Like I think it's great. I really like it a Timmy lot. Timmy wants to watch that. That's definitely on our list. It's so good. I I'm like on 
I think episodes eight or nine. I have a recommendation as well. What's that? I would like to recommend the new podcast I was telling you about. It's called Significant Others, and it's by Conan O'Brien's wife. And it's kind of amazing. She, like, focuses on spouses of famous people and how they played into the role of that person's life. It's really good. And she's she's a really, really good podcast host. I really enjoyed it. Why are you sending people to other podcasts, Sam? I don't think it's a competition for ours. She's not covering <laughs> this bullshit. I want to see. Yeah, but you're, we're all competing for time. I want to see, like, some famous journalist. Like, who's the, the woman from NPR, All Things Considered? Krista Tippett. I want to see one of those motherfuckers cover Wave of the Future and see what they do with it. Krista Tippett. I love her. I love her. No, I feel like, but, like, so there's certain, I, I don't mind recommending TV shows because I feel like when I'm watching TV, that's a certain type of activity. Yes. But when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm usually, like, doing something around the house. I'm yes. doing laundry. You know, like, I'm, and that's a certain type of, of media that I need to listen to. And that is the podcast space. Yes. Although I have to say that I constantly run out of content to listen right, to. Right. And, and these podcasts are only half hour. So. Okay. So you're saying they could get in one of ours. And... Yes, absolutely. First of all, <laughs> ours only come out once a week, twice a week. If you're a patron. Right. Okay. Um, so what are you doing with those? Twice a week. No, twice a week. Twice a month. <laughs> Twice a month. Right. What are you doing with those other hours? <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. Stay safe. Mark yourself safe from 1982's Little House on the Prairie. issue with how we spell kernel i just don't like it i don't trust it i can't it. spell it i know i can't spell it i know i am literally i have his name written down and i can't even read what it is Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.